All right, All Out family, we are back with another episode. Gita happens to be one of our phenomenal clients inside of our LinkedIn Method Academy, who is actually a humor coach. What I love about the oxymoron of this is that she has a tech company that she's owned for over 17 years and is now out there coaching executives of multi-billion dollar companies on how they can be infusing humor to be more effective leaders and growing their organization. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode. If you've not thought about the energetics of humor and how it could be impacting you positively or negatively, if you're lacking it in the workspace, you are going to want to listen in. I am one who loves to bring you guys episodes around how you can grow your business without focusing specifically on business strategy, but things around it. And this is something energetically that can truly transform your business. I hope that her story inspires you as well with starting a company at the age of 30, now having it run by itself, her IT tech company, able to travel to Antarctica, do what she wants and launch a whole nother business. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Need some effective tactical advice that actually helps you get results and makes a real difference in your life and business? You've come to the right place. If you're finding yourself here today, it means you're getting ready to gain serious traction in your business, rapidly multiply your income and impact, and you're ready to make it happen while living all out. Guys, I'm Melissa Henault, your trustworthy corporate dropout turned six-figure business burnout turned happy and healthy CEO of a multi-million dollar online business. And you're listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. On this show, we're serving up innovative growth strategies, simple implementation methods to put them into practice, and action-stimulating inspiration tailored specifically for the modern entrepreneur. Let's dive in. And we are live. So excited to have this interview with humor coach and expert Gita Kulkarni today on the Burnout to All Out podcast. So excited to have you today. Welcome, Gita. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa, for having me. I'm obviously a raving fan of your work. I literally was a LinkedIn hermit prior to, and no joke, like <laughs> literally and metaphorically. I was a hermit on this thing before I found your ways. So thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad you're here. So yeah, let me do the informal bio first because Gita is actually a student in our LinkedIn Method Academy and also in our Business Basics, I believe. You're coming into that as well, right? And so what I love amongst a million things about my business is that we get exposed to some of the coolest entrepreneurs that come through our program. And I'm like, humor coach that I have not heard. We have to bring her on to the podcast so people can hear about this. You're just such a shining light inside the program too. And you share, you give, you engage, and you're just one of the reasons the community is incredible. And I'm excited for my audience to get to learn more about you and what you do today. I think that your story around entrepreneurship is going to be a lot of fun to unpack. And then also just your insights and expertise around humor and how it could be impacting our business if we don't have enough of it, right? And maybe right. some tips and tricks around it. So with that, 
Quick backstory. So Gita is a humor coach that helps people find and express their sense of humor to be more productive and effective at work and at life. She works with leaders, teams, and in partnership with other coaches. Humor lives in all of us. Sometimes it takes a little grease and mind work to find and cultivate it. Gita also uses a variety of exercises she calls humor reps. Maybe we can go through one today. I don't know. To help a person find their funny. Who needs to find their funny? So Gita has experience learning improvisation at the Second City in Chicago. She also operates and founded Avinta Services, which is a 17-year technology firm, which to me sounds like an oxymoron with humor. So we'll right. do that. Most of her practice and perfection of humor originated from basic human survival in kindergarten class <laughs> and has carried her on in her training of 30,000 people globally. If it weren't humor, she would not be standing. So such a fun bio to read and want to get into this. So let's just start with the backstory. So where did you find that humor was the backbone of success? Like, how did this come to be? You know, I mean... Melissa, it it began pretty soon in my childhood. It showed up pretty quickly. I, I will say it's, it's I grew up in a small town in uh, Louisiana back in, in the 80s. And I, everybody just paint that picture in your head. And I was probably I looked a little different than everyone. I, you know, I, I we went to a private Catholic school and, and I'll say we we weren't like the richest people in the neighborhood. <laughs> and I really found that I had to kind of work against those things. And all I had in my arsenal was, was just, I didn't have dollars and I didn't have anything I could trade other than my personality and interactions like that to kind of gain and and diffuse the audience or, or whoever I was talking to from a social status or, you know, something else. And that was something I wasn't right. And so humor was always the thing that whether I was, kid you not in kindergarten, or I was in my workplace settings, that was a thing that I would use. I, I think it would just, it truly was a survival skill tactic for me to kind of use humor to kind of diffuse and move us away from what we aren't to what we are together. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. And I'm going to have so much fun unpacking this. And I, I even think about even back in my corporate day, some of the best advice I got with like stage fright and like stepping on stage in front of thousands of people in corporate America with training was just to like, go ahead and make a joke about yourself the moment you get on stage yes, right? and diffuse all of that stress. Let people know you're nervous as shit, right? Like get yes. it out. Yes. Let's all take a deep breath because I needed that, right? Like, yes, it, <laughs> right. it really, I mean, there's so much to it. There's a psychology, there's actually a chemical side to this, which is truly, I mean, I'm a nerd in its most classic form, even though I'm a humorist. I, I, I do stay stuff to the to many different, let's say, levels. But to your point, when you go out to an audience and, and you are smart about it, when you actually bring that audience to, yes, you're doing two things. We all operate, especially in the, in the workplace today, from a place of somewhat of stress, basal stress. And you are actually shutting down pathways that reduce that kind of produce that cortisol and that movement of stress inducing hormones and in place on that same, let's say pathway, the release of endorphins. Mm-hmm. And so you are doing something. So the faster you can get to shutting off the stress and repurposing it with positive endorphins, you are doing it for yourself and you're doing it for your audience. 
and their their reception to whatever you're about to say will increase. It's a multiplier effect. So I, it's a highly and believe it or not, there's a lot of intelligence. To, you, you kind of were like, I'm going to take this away from just me. I'm going to take it to you. And there's a lot of psychology around that, right? I and mean, you're moving you're kind of moving the shift and the focus because everybody's expecting the world expects one thing. And when you show up as a different kind of, you diffuse, you bring that to a different place and a place of pleasure. It does so much for you. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. All right, guys, I left my corporate career and took everything I knew and built a million dollar business on the internet in just 19 months. And you can too. My name is Melissa Hinal, and I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs escape the corporate cage and create the business and life they deserve. Too often, building a business can be like jumping out of the fire and into the frying pan. Can you relate? Without the right strategies, you can work tirelessly, feel like you're missing out on life, and not have much to show for it. Even worse, you're no closer to finding the freedom that you wanted than when you were stuck in that job. I'm here to change that for you. On May 13th, I am hosting a seven-day virtual intensive for people ready to build a business that gives them the freedom and life they've been looking for. So how are we going to do this? Over a jam-packed week, I'll spend about 90 minutes each day to reset your strategies and build the clarity to drive the results and profits you desire. First, we'll build a foundation of lead generation and audience growth to connect with the perfect people. Then we're going to grow by implementing an optimized sales conversion strategy that drives results. Then we're going to scale your success with an optimized offer ladder and retain clients for longer. And we're going to do this live with hot seats and Q and A's to give you the proven processes to build your dream business without the burnout. Best of all, it's completely free to join. You deserve a business that serves you and not one that you have to serve. And when you have the right strategies and processes, you can create a business that does this. Join me free on May 13th to build grow and scale a business that will set you free. And I even remember, you know, people look at me with a business online. I'm on Zoom all the time. I'm on podcasts. I I talk all the time, but I hosted my very first live event ever last year. And I had built a business for three years, having never met face-to-face any of my clients because it was the middle of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember being terrified to like step, this was just, this was me last year to step on stage in front of a hundred people. And I know that like making a joke out of it, like literally coming on stage and being like, holy crap, like I've met all of you guys on computer screens, but I was a little nervous to step on this stage and like have this conversation with all of you physically here. It's like, just disseminate it, let it out. Right. And then all of a sudden your whole body is like, okay, like I talked about the elephant in the room, right? You did. Yeah. And, and people want to hear that. I mean, especially in this day and age, it, we're, we're so ripe and receptive to real. And it, it's just, it, it does a lot. It's it's really kind of why I built this business, right? Because like, people need to hear the real. There's so much we're, you know, operating. I, I don't know if it was the pandemic or if it was just, you know, but we operated in a completely different vortex. And it's funny how we show up you know, and, and people still do this. I, you know, we can show up differently in work than we do in our 
personal lives. And if we take some of that playfulness and mindset that we have and just bring it to the workplace, again, the right stuff, right? The right Right. positive aspects of it. You can actually do momentous things. So kudos to you, right? I mean, the audience wants that. I spend a lot of work, believe it or not, with CEOs doing that type of work where they're showing they're real because the stories that they're real, it's kind of like when you told that story, you're like, look, I've met it, many of you on screens, and now I'm coming into the real life. People are like, it's funny, and it's, it's real, and it's raw, and it makes you accessible, which even augments your status and your platform as somebody that disseminates knowledge. So anyway, yeah. yeah so good. Okay. So I'm going to take a hard right for a second, and we're going to come back to humor. But can we just talk about the fact that you started a tech company 17 years ago? Like, were you five? Like, <laughs> I was seven. Yes. No, I I don't know if, it, if it's just the look, but I, I, I think it has to do with the fact that I do it. I run, I'm a runner and I think that has something to do with it. But I did start it fairly, I started it right at the tip of almost 30. It was a technology business. And like I said, you know, when I was younger, I don't know what it is. Maybe it, you know, I think some of the things that we do today, even in our, our most successful things come and kind of shine themselves a little bit as and we were younger. And so I always had this kind of building mindset where I wanted to build things for people. And um, so that's how I founded this technology company where I am implementing, you know, technology solutions for companies, which are highly complex. But in that work and, and in complexity lies the need for more of this kind of levity, if I call it right. You, yeah. you want to be fun about it. You, people are so stressed. People are nervous about failing. And if you just kind of do good work to kind of pepper in, hey, it's okay. It's safe. We're having fun doing this. It, it does add levity to, it actually produces better results. And I've noticed that with my work over the 17 years. I mean, that's how whether it was, and, and everybody's scared, whether you're the CEO or you're an individual sales contributor, everybody is scared of change and they live in fear. And how's this going to make my life better or worse? Will it? That's that's probably one of the fundamental questions everybody asks when something new comes across their desk. So the more you can kind of re, you can kind of invigorate it with humor, the better you, you are, right? So that, yeah. you know, I think that became, I'll say, Vinton, I still operate that business is a strong platform for kind of things that I experiment with. Yes. And it brings in the humor. So. so let's talk about this. I'm really curious. So what were you doing at 30? And what was the motivator to take the leap to launch your own business? Like, what did that look like? Uh, at 30, when I started my Vinta business. So it was a pretty fascinating story. I graduated from business school and I was working for a company. And my dad, I think some of this has to do with my dad, had a business. And he was like, you know, why don't you take this bet? I think I was a little bit awkwardly young, dumb, and naive, but I, to a good degree, He's like, why don't you just take a second and bet on yourself and try to see if you can build a business? And I was like, okay, well, that's incredible. Know. Is your dad an entrepreneur? He is. Yeah. Okay. He owns okay. a consulting business as well. So a lot of that kind of was like, and I was like, I'm 30. I mean, if I can do this at any point in my life, I can do it. At, at that point, it made a lot of sense for me. I, all I had was like maybe a plant that was, I was in dough too. <laughs> No children, not even a pet. So all I, you know, if I could take care of a plant in my apartment, I was doing good. <laughs> and so that was, that was my, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And I actually kept myself at a pretty like tight leash. I told myself, I'm going to take this at three months. And if I can do, I hit, you know, I was pretty protracted about it. I'm like, the horizon is three months. You know, my income level has to be 
what I'm matching at an annualized basis plus 30% more. And I knocked that out of the park at like a month and a half in. So I was like, okay. So can we just pause? I love this. You had a definitive financial plan. It wasn't like an expensive hobby. You had a definitive financial plan of what you needed to hit in order to make this a legitimate business and continue betting on yourself. I love this. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And I wrote that at outset, right? I was like, okay, because a lot of times you can kind of, I've even noticed this as I've looked at other endeavors, even in my life, I'm like, I need to come back to like that place and start and go, okay, this is where I need to be at a financial and a time horizon basis. That was just a strong, you know, thing. Yeah. So from there, I just, I kind of, I was working much like your story where I was actually had a job and I said, okay, I'm going to let that kind of, I'm going to subset and offset that with my, the second, this new business and let that be my kind of movement to transition out of the full-time work. And that's what I did. And when I did it, I was truthful to my employer. Like, you know, I'm I'm just, I'm going to go out and freelance. I'm just going to take, I'm going to bet on myself and my farm and we're going to do this, you know? Yeah. And he, not only did he was like, look, I I understand what this means. I'm going to hand over a couple of clients to you because I want you to be successful. Right. So he was a serial entrepreneur. I just had a lot of like stars in line. And I think I will say for anybody who's doing this or who's looking at entrepreneurship, I mean, two things, like you said, be calculated about it, I believe, because you can kind of get lost. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. And, and you kind of lose sight of like, what was the original goal? And, and right, right. sometimes you, you're living in this place of pain and you're not in a, in, you're kind of in a place of misdirection unless you have some of these more stars with you. So I'll say that. And then on the flip of that, you know, I think truth works, you know, and, and I think if you're telling it to the right audience and you're saying, hey, I'm leaving for these reasons, I mean, they will wish you and, and, and send you on your way with the best, right. you know, so. Um, I love that. Okay. So you bet on yourself, you left and you launched a tech company that has run for 17 years. So you have been independently employed, like running your own business for 17 years. Is this business still like running parallel to launching your coaching business. And it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How have yeah. you been able to kind of pull yourself out of the day-to-day and given yourself bandwidth to launch the humor coaching while your your tech business is still running? Yeah. So this was a fascinating experiment for me. And this is going to sound like I'm, I'm smoking a cigar or a long, what is it? A long thing. Like, you know, it's going to sound a little, but please, anybody, let's just suspend that for like two hyperseconds. What it took for me is going on two trips, vacations, and just putting my team into a place where they're running the work. I did, I was pretty calculated about making sure, you know, I was 17 years in and I knew I was going to actually go out and launch a secondary business that was going to take a ton of my time and, and thought leadership to actually develop. So I really, I sat down a year in front of that decision and I said, okay, what is it going to take to put my team in a place of autopilot as much as they can be? And what's my role going to be? I did a little bit of you know intentional design about what I wanted the business to look like and what I wanted my involvement to be. I, did, I can't, I couldn't pull myself 100% out of that work. I knew I'd be involved at some degree, but to what degree I could, you know? So And I'm a little bit, I, a lot of it type A. So it's hard for me to leave and not get worried about where things are, but it took me, I literally went to Antarctica, like the most (laughs) place in the entire world. And and I did it in January. I did a, I did a, I did a kind of a, of an absence in, uh, what's it called in November. And I went to Iceland, which was just to get, you know, just, I still had internet connectivity. 
And I, the team ran well, right? They, they operated and, and I was only, I was only out for like a week and a half. And then I went to Antarctica and I was out for a good solid two, almost three weeks. And that really, I didn't have internet. Like I could, it was me and whales and seals and ice. It was, <laughs> and that was the moment which my team really had to kind of step up, rise to the occasion. I did prepare my customers and, and it kind of put me in a place where that was, the team was, was sustainable. And it also allowed I will say me to kind of rise away from a lot of this and give the team more responsibility, which I think they wanted, you know, right. that's so good. It's interesting. You share that one of my good friends, Justin, who's in uh, a business mastermind I'm in, I interviewed him not too long ago. And he said something very similar. He's launched and run four different businesses now, and he's in his thirties. It's pretty fascinating. And he said, one of the things he does about twice a year is he goes away for like a month just to see what breaks on purpose so that he can find the cracks in his business so that he can come back and make sure that, you know, it's self-sustaining. And I like, beautiful. You have to have the confidence to be able to walk away and do that. Right. And have a good team and know, you know, a good, a good foundation before you, before you, you were absolutely right. And that's why I was out in, in Iceland, Norway for the, in, in November, because it was kind of my trial run to see those break points. And then I went full Monty in, in January because I was like, okay, we can do this, right? So Absolutely. Okay. So you've been able to create the bandwidth. Now you're launching this new business. So what gave you the light bulb, the vision to take action and launch this humor stuff? And then we'll get into the humor. What gave you the vision to make space for this and make it a legitimate coaching business? I think the big driving force, and, and I guess it'll come down to, it's not just men or it's not just men or women, but I saw a lot of women who would show up as one person and work and show up as a different person in play. And I'm like, and when I got to know a lot of my clients and how they operated and, and I got to know them at that fundamental level and they're funny, I was like, we need to take some of this and, and re-yield it in the workplace. And I would even, a lot of the work that I would do, I would often find a protege in the work and it just happened to be men or women. And I would, because I was funny in my delivery, they would actually pull out their own funny and their own delivery as I, as I rolled off work for my client and they would kind of almost take the same culture or the same approach that I took and do that in work. And that was, that was kind of my thing. I was like, you know, there's something here. And, And and like I said, I'm also a big believer in this notion of a growth mindset. I, I, I'm so glad we discovered it back at some point recently in modern time where you can do anything if given, if left to the devices of your mind. It's a powerful, powerful muscle. And I saw, you know, it, I saw a lot of it in productivity for, for my running. And I'd, I'd say, you know, if I can take the same rigor and the same concept of humor and just reapply those concepts to cultivate people, that was kind of my inspiration for forming yes. um, the Human Reg. I love this. Okay. So let's get into the humor. Can you give us some tips, some tricks, what we can do as leaders with teams? Let's go there first. And then maybe we'll talk about marketing and messaging. And is there a way to fold the humor in there? But especially with LinkedIn, right? Because you and I are both like, we like to play on LinkedIn. And I personally find that humor actually works well on LinkedIn. And the average person is like wearing a mask. So we'll get into that in a minute. But you know, some insights, tips, tricks for running a business as the leader, like, because I know you're working with some executives one-on-one right now, which is awesome. You're helping them be more funny, right? Why? Like, what's the value? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so value of humor. So huge. One is that it increases your perception 
in the mind of the average, I shouldn't say for lack of better word, average mortal, near mortal, we actually give points to the person that is funny, appropriately funny, more so than we would to somebody who doesn't. In fact, I mean, I'll, I'll even cite there are studies that were done by Robert Half, 98% of employers appreciate a candidate in front of them that has some sense of humor. They will actually go towards the, the advancement of hiring that person because that means that they're personable. It does a lot. So that number one, it does augment status. It also shows vulnerability because when you do that, you're, you're obviously humor. And it also shows that you intelligence, you vulnerability, and it, it just shows that you're like, you're persistent, you're resilient. You can actually roll with the punches. We will not, you know, every day of work and every day of interacting with a human being will not always be sunshine and rainbows. So this is what humor really imparts is that reality to uh, whether you're a person and you're in a team or whether you're a leader and you're guiding a team. These things are very important in this day and age. I mean, a lot of why people have anxiety in work is because of people. And the more you can show that reality and through a lens of levity, you're actually painting yourself in a great place. A lot of CEOs... And the reason that I coach a lot of CEOs in this is because they get that that credibility and that get that that kind of status amongst their peers, amongst those that they're they're leading. And when, especially as a leader, when you show up and paint and show the right stories to your team as to who you are and why you are who you are, they will be that much more inspired to do work, right? You may have great things going on in the business, you have the most innovative products, but if they don't know who you are and why you are, they it, it just it sometimes falls flat, right? I want to work for the guy that I recently had a CEO that talked about his true like rags to riches story where he was actually, you know, his parents helped with, uh, they were custodians in the school. He's a multi-billion dollar CEO and he'd go to school, he'd uh, work, you know, go to school during the week. He'd see kids splatter um, ketchup. He'd see kids spray on the paint walls in the bathroom. And he knew that that Saturday he had to go out and clean all that. And he was thinking to himself, as so, and he talked about leadership and he said, you know what, ever since I was six years old, I knew I didn't want to clean up anybody's mess. Mm. Imagine telling that story. Imagine not knowing that story, right? And knowing that you're just doing what you're doing for this big company. Now, imagine you're, that leader has told you that story. You, it, it takes a whole different level of eminence. You will do and rise to the occasion for that CEO. He's never told that story to his company. And that's a story that he's now going to share, you know? So anyway, it's stories like this. You know, I give the advice to a lot of people think, I will say that humor is this performative effect, whether, you know, I show up as Kevin Hart, I have to show up as Ellen Jenner, I have to show up as whatever comedian, Amy Schumer, who name your favorite comedian. It's not that it's actually the humor that's kind of in the gap. It's kind of in the everyday where you just kind of pop a joke in with, in context to what you're doing. So a lot of people have this kind of, conception that humor has to be, I call it performative and it doesn't, you know, you can show up and be hilarious. And there are many people that do it, not in that limelight. Right. And that's where you're you're still funny. Right. And so I tell a lot of my managers, start with the story, find out something unique about yourself or discover something that was kind of a guiding light and tell that story. And and I follow something called a story spine, which if you followed any Disney movie, (laughs) once upon a time, there lived a, and then you kind of go towards a bend. And then you kind of talk about why you did what you did. Then you talk about why you did what you did again. And then you kind of end it with your lesson learned. And it's a very simple framework. And I I tell my leaders to do that story spine. In fact, that's the story spine that my, my CEO had used when he was, you know, we were walking through that work and you will find funny in that you'll lace it with the base story because everybody loves a good story, whether you were 
1600 years ago, living with a campfire or here today. Right. And that's what people latch on to. So yeah, I mean, I say start with that. Start with kind of protected humor, I call, or things that you can kind of plan for. Have it always in your back pocket. Share that whether you're with your troops or even at a dinner party. People want to know something fascinating about you, or you have a funny story that you know happened between yourself and somebody in the family. That's the stuff that you can kind of start to practice your humor with, planned humor to some degree. And then you will start to identify within yourself your humor. Uh, yeah. And I also think it's a great move for a manager to, to employ that tactic because it shows that realism and it shows then the team wants to work with somebody that's real and has got a really great story behind them. So, gosh, this is so timely talking about like storytelling and humor. And I don't know, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, but I was just chatting about this in a small group coaching session prior to this. You know, I talk a lot about storytelling and share your story and be relatable on LinkedIn, like be willing to share your warts and all. Like people actually appreciate that. You become more authentic. People connect with you. You know, people who are listening may or may not have heard my story, but what I will share was, you know, last year at my very first live event that we talked about at the beginning, I worked with marketing strategist for the runway of the whole event for months up to the event. And she helped me build my deck, if you will, or pitch for our mastermind. We always, we open the doors to our mastermind from stage at the live event. And she was like, you know, my story. I'd had such a tumultuous year the year before where I literally had hit rock bottom. Like I had made a million dollars, but I was still in the red. And she was like, you have to tell this story from stage. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you must, you must relate with them to the pain point and share the ugly girl crying on the bathroom floor story. And then we take you out of that and tell the rest of the story, right? And I was terrified to reveal the imperfection and the tragedy and the loss. But what I found through all of it, and maybe you can speak to this, is it was one of the most profound stories I could have told because after that, I got so many pings, dings, phone calls from people who were like, I am so in and cannot wait to be a part of this program. And what got me was your story of like crying on the bathroom floor because I've been there and I'm like, holy crap. So like, it is important to like tell these stories and I can laugh about it now. And it was kind of, I actually had tears about it when I was telling it, but by the end of the story, I was laughing and smiling and there was some humor about the journey I had taken, right? Can you speak more to that? Because I was so uncomfortable being coached to do it, but now I'm like, now I do it every day. I share with everyone my flaws all the time. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's a meet you where you are. It's me. They're meeting you where you were. I almost equate it to like a highway, life, you know, life's a highway, let's say maybe. And if I can get on the same ramp that you are, I'm going to be able to, and you were at that ramp, you were at that exit ramp. And now you're, you're in a different place. Like, I know that that's possible. There's the art of the possible. There's the power of the possible. And that's what people want. And they, to some degree, I mean, how do I say this without sounding so negative? The world can be a painful place, you know, and the more, and, and many people are in, let's say, pain. And, and the more they know that you've kind of been there and, and seen that pain, the more they know it's possible to move out of that place, you know? And in that story, you're going to find your humor, which, you know, was an aside there. But that is a huge, that's a huge, uh, it's very contemporary these days. And it's a very resonant effect. People want to hear 
those stories. It's I mean, imagine if you were at, you know, you were your unicorn self riding along in the clouds, you know, spewing rainbows all day long. And you're like, come on, ride with me. It, it's not real. Right. And, and you can't get on, you can't get on my, I, I can't get on your unicorn. I, I, you're already up there. Like, you know, that's what it's, it's not relatable. And that's what makes it so real is that I'm so glad she, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, that, I actually, that's even how I engage with you. I saw the realism in you. I saw a lot of me in you. And I saw like the way you signaled a lot of that was, you know, it's not been, you know, sunshine and lemonade all day long every day. Right. And that's, that, that really, that really hit home with me. Cause I'm like, you know what, I'm trying to do something that I perceive as impossible and she's making it possible. She's turning impossible to possible. And that's it. People get sold a lot on that, you know? So I love that. It's so it just is reiterating to me, and maybe we can now segue into kind of marketing strategies with humor and, you know, how we can be folding more of this into our ethos, both have to run our brands and be a brand online. How are you playing with this? I know that you're in our academy on LinkedIn. How are you playing with humor? And what are some advice that you can give our listeners with humor and kind of brand strategy marketing online? Two things. I mean, one thing I will, I'll leave you with, I'll kind of put place out there is humor. It's a great unifier and it's a great personalizer. I'm trying to think, I always use the concept of Ted Lasso because I feel like a lot of people watch Ted Lasso. So and you're, you're smiling. So you probably have seen some, some of those. So the, the, the story, if you think about Ted Lasso or is that he is funny, but the reasons you find him funny and, the, and the, if somebody were to ask you, you know, hey, Melissa, why is Ted Lasso funny? You're going to have a different answer than I will, but that's great and okay. But you know what it does? It also shows that we are, we're common and we we're unified, right? So like I said, it, you know, if you can weave humor into your messaging, people will take and latch onto that and feel the story because like I said, humor is a great personalizer as it is a great unifier, right? So you can say many things without with saying just very little and, and do that in the spirit of humor. So if you, you almost, you know, so I'll leave you with that one piece. I also feel like I, I, I tend to comment, I tend to show up a lot with humor, especially for those of you who are building your online presence and you're using LinkedIn to do it. As much as I can, I try to incorporate humor into my message. People, like you said, people will, will respond on a post and even look at other people's comments when they're funny. I mean, it gets people's attention, like you said earlier, right? I mean, it's great to kind of re-herald the king when he makes a comment. Oh, yes, I oh, yes, I oh. But when you tell them a very, like, you kind of come out with a really kind of good, and I say, you know, it's, it's an intersection of good, clairvoyant observation, comment, and, and funny. When you can do that and reaffirm what they're saying, man, you, you just, you get a lot. I get a lot of people who come back to me and like you said, will look and be like, that was a, that was a good line. Who is she? And they'll follow. Right. So mm-hmm. I use it there, but like I said, also just even in your messaging, when you're kind of assembling posts or even just building your brand, you know, I think it's also easier on you. You do enter a flow state when you exhibit humor, which means that you're, you're kind of in, you're releasing not to be nerdy about it, but the gamut theory, globulin, you know. Thing. Yeah, no, and, get and nerdy actually, with me. I love nerds. <laughs> I, I have a doctorate in pharmacy. Let's go there. Okay, there we go. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're releasing something that you're releasing when you're in a meditative state. It's easier on the mind. I mean, it's easier on the mind to actually read something that's light and, and, and enjoyable and you'll digest it more than you will. And you'll remember it more. That's the yeah. other thing that CEOs, they want to deliver with memorable messages because- yeah. It matters, you know, so there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of 
subtext benefits that the humor affords you that you you just yeah you I mean this is really humor drink or the not yeah no I mean this is really important for those of you who are listening I mean what I'm hearing you say is like if your content is super dry and straight to the point all the time consider starting to infuse some humor into it right if you're seeing that there's not a lot of engagement consider infusing some humor into it this is going to be you know it's interesting I guess I would love your thoughts on this because you've kind of alluded to it a little bit. I'm kind of intermingling humor versus just being your authentic self. To me, I think everyone's got some humor in them. They're just filtering it for fear of like maybe what others will think of their humor. So to me, like being humorous and being our authentic self are kind of coincide. I use cuss words and that's just like also a part of who I am and what I've learned about that is, or I guess where I'm going with this is what what I've found about myself is that by not trying to be something different, but rather just being exactly who I am. And when I occasionally drop a four letter word or tell a joke or say something like raw and real about myself, it actually requires way less energy of me to be me than it did in the past trying to filter who I thought the world wanted me to be. And that's really fucking exhausting. Yes. Try like 17 years back in my other business. Yeah. That's exactly what this was like. Founding the humor edge was like cathartic for me because at moments I was to your point, it actually takes like twice as much energy, if not more to be like the split bifurcated personality that you exist. Right. It's almost like then you have more energy left to do other epic shit. Right. And not be so filtered. And what I find is that then you magnetize more the people that you want and you repel the people you wouldn't want to sit and have dinner with anyway. Yes. It's just like when you're you're coming back with it. That is exactly it. Right. You're feeding more of what you need. And to your point, you, that tribe that you're looking for is coming with you. And and that's a beautiful thing. Not everybody's going to be on your bandwagon and that's fine and okay because those that are in your tribe, because you're using and eliciting your right humor and your right authenticity will in fact come to you and it'll give you that much more status. You know, I won't say status, but that much more platform and yeah. confidence within to, to be that person. 100%. And I think that's one observation we made at our live event last year is so many people who came to the event said, I have never been in a room where everyone was family. There were no clicks. And like people were just being themselves. And I think it starts from the top. Like you're a magnet to attract people to be their authentic selves. Then when you get in a room, that's the expectation. And then there's so much more authenticity and human connection that happens. And like, I would rather that than have 10 times as many people in the room that are the wrong people in the wrong energy, you know? Right. Right. When it's, it's kind of like when you're one thing, if you're everything to everybody, then you're nothing to to everyone. Right. You know, that's, it's, it's, it's that scene and it does. I mean, you can see it in your ethos that you are who you are Mm -hmm. and that does it, it reverberates through the team. It reverberates through your programming. I also, you know, like me, I'll say from a purchasing point of view for your product or anyone else's, I now, I had a very clean line and a very straight direction on what you represented and also what you did, which was a good thing. Right. Right. So, because also from a servicing perspective, how would you like, I was like, oh yeah, I think I got sold a bag of goods and it's not exactly the bag. That's what I want. Right. right? Could you, right. then you, then you have to customer service me and that's going to cost you 
know, 100%. operational costs. That's so there's, there's so much, I mean, be intentional, find it. And it, you know, for me, it, I will say like, and for many of us, I will, they're out there in this world today. Like we have, some of us have been wearing this, like they don't, they're like, I'm not here. I'm sure it's down there somewhere. I just got to keep looking, you know, you have, <laughs> and it's going to take a bit of time, but I will say like, I do the reps. I'm like, go out and look at just think, you know, right, go out and find people that are like you that whether it's, you know, somebody that's famous, I mean, or there's, there's somebody that's not, I, I write a bit on different types of humor that's out Tina Fey. I think I, Tina Fey, Kelly River, everybody, there's a lot of humor out there. And if you can come find something that resonates with you, you can start to un, untap it, especially if it's bar- really buried within, you know, but I will tell you when you find it, like you said, it does so much to make your life better, not just on the work front, but on the home front, you know, so. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. Well, Gita, this has been such an awesome interview. So where can people find you? And if people want to work with you, what do you have going on? Yeah. So I will say my most active platform, like kudos to you, is LinkedIn. I, you know, you can schedule a consult with me. I'm happy to, you know, I do coaching with women, emerging leaders. I do the coaching with teams where I'm helping them use humor. And I'll say it's not just unicorns and rainbows. It is in fact, the humor where we're actually working through problems and using it to solve like what's impossible in the business. So we're, we're doing real life stuff. So schedule a console looking through LinkedIn. I am present on Instagram and Facebook, but I will say that my modus operandi, my primary way of connecting is, is through the LinkedIn platform. So, and, and I have a website, the humor edge. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And you're coming to our live event in Nashville, right? Are you coming I out think so. I got it. I'm trying to figure out because I'm kind of at the mercy of a couple of clients that are asking me, you know, gotcha. so I'm, I'm like, let's see where this lands relative. So so. I won't overpromise our listeners that you will definitely be there, but there's a chance if you want to meet Gita, there may be a chance to meet her in Nashville in, uh, yep. in a couple of months. Awesome. Okay. So what is your LinkedIn handle? So people can come find you if they're... Uh-huh. I think it's just LinkedIn, maybe Gita Kulkarni. So my okay. name. Perfect. And it'll be in the show notes and the website. Thehumoredge.com. Okay. Well, you guys heard it. It'll all be in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming in today. And just first of all, being a shining light to entrepreneurship and betting on yourself in your thirties to like launching a business or an inspiration that you can launch a business, run a business and Keep the business running while you walk away and launch something else. Such an inspiration. And I think that now this is like 2.0 for you, like how you're making even bigger impact with what you're doing now is so cool. So with that, just thank you so much for being here today. And if you guys love this episode, come find her, check her out, learn from her on how you can be infusing more humor into your life, into your content, into your business. And with that, Gita, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks guys so much for listening in on today's podcast episode. I can't wait for you to see my upcoming guest in the next episode. You are going to love this keynote speaker. Hey, here's the deal. If you liked this, please subscribe and leave a review. And you want the latest online business growth strategies and exclusive LinkedIn pro tips sent straight to your phone? Text the word UPDATES to one 310 7171. Again, text the word updates to 1833-310-7171. Can't wait to see you guys. Come find me over on Instagram, LinkedIn, 
Facebook, wherever you like to hang. I cannot wait to hear how you are enjoying and applying what you're learning. You guys reach out to me over on social because I love hearing what's resonating with you. When you reach out to me and you send me those personal DMs, they really do impact the content I continue to bring forward to you. So again, come find me, Melissa underscore Hinault over on Instagram, Melissa Hinault over on LinkedIn and Facebook. Can't wait to see you guys over there.